This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Important message to the people and the listeners out there um, in terms of healing that we don't just have to, for me, even recover, but we can actually heal. And I want people to know that and to know that their bodies can fully heal from not only you know, mental health or chronic health, but I put addiction in that category as well. Welcome back, everyone, to That Christian in Recovery podcast. I'm your host, Vernon L., and this is that podcast where we talk about life's problems, and we also talk about the solution to those problems. But if we don't know the solution, we talk about our role in the problem, because I do believe that everyone is recovering from something. guest stopped by to share her experience, strength, and hope. Her name is Josie Warren, and she stopped by that Christian in recovery to share her experience with dealing with, since she was a young adult, she dealt with autoimmune disorder, severe food allergy, alcoholism, depression, ADD, and anxiety, but by the grace of God, she have been delivered. She have been healed. It is the term that she like to use. And I like for her, you to sit back and just be able to enjoy her. And maybe you can pick up some things that will help you in your recovery. Because remember, we all recovering from something. She had really blessed me, and I know that she's going to bless you too. So just sit back and enjoy it, and be blessed. Thank you, Vernon. Really uh, appreciative to be here. Excited to meet your audience and, and happy to, to roll with the punches of uh, the Zoom experience. We all know what that's like out there. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit. Tell the listeners uh, a little about you, what made you reach out. and uh, Just tell the listeners who don't know anything about you, what you think they need to hear about you. Yeah, good question. Um, I'll, I'll try to make this as, as short as I can, but, you know, in, in a... In a brief nutshell, um, I was really uh, inspired. I reached out to Vernon because I'm someone who used to struggle with addiction, um, was a former alcoholic, uh, had an eating disorders, mm-hmm. in addition to a number of autoimmune conditions, chronic health conditions. And it, my background, I used to be a licensed professional counselor, even worked at the Betty Ford Center, um, which is based in Palm Springs, you know, one of the top treatment facilities in the world. and found that I was not finding the answers I was needing, not only in my addiction and my mental health, but also in my physical health. And for mm-hmm. most of my teens and my 20s, um, I was a huge mess, uh, both mentally and physically, you know, in terms of addiction, as I know yeah. many of us have had, got was on the wagon, got off the wagon, would relapse, would beat myself up, would get sober again, would try and try again, and would just really thought by the end of my 20s, that there must be something really wrong with me. Um, wondering mm-hmm. almost like, you know, like, did God make me wrong? Like, what what was wrong with me, my soul, my body, 
that I had all of these problems. And mm. it's eight years later, um, I no longer have any of my addiction issues, none of my mm. autoimmune conditions, completely normal and healthy, um, and can even socially drink now. And so I wow. really here yeah. to share a very strong and important message to the people and the listeners out there um, in terms of healing that we don't just have to, for me, even recover, but we can actually heal. And I want people to know that and to know that their bodies can fully heal from not only you know mental health or chronic health, but I put addiction in that category as well. So just give okay. some help. Great, great. What what are some of the examples that you say we we can heal? Some of the examples that we can heal. What what really mean by that? What areas? Oh, so in terms of well, we'll talk about addiction. Um, mm-hmm. I know for me, I especially in my background, I was taught that addiction is a is a chronic disease um, with no known cure, and that it was going to be something that I would have for the rest of my life. Um, okay. Like many out there, I grew up uh, with addiction in my family, too. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic um, and died um, mm-hmm. from those kind of compli- complications when I was in high school and have had a number of other family members who have struggled with addiction. And I just thought that that was that was going to be me and that there was no way out and there's nothing I could do about it. And that was really reinforced in the position I had working in the treatment field that, you know, I'd see the same people come in and come out and come in and come out in the cycle. And it became mm-hmm. very clear to me that something's not working here. Like we're not really serving these people. And I knew it because I was one of them. What's the missing piece? And mm-hmm. so my experience, Vernon, and what I want to share with your audience is what I have found is that addiction is actually just it's a imbalance in our mm-hmm. bodies that when resolved, our bodies go back into a state of homeostasis um, and self-repair. Mm-hmm. And then the actual addiction resolves. And I mean, addiction okay. in meaning, as we know, you know, that compulsive internal need for whatever it might be, you know, whether that is alcohol or drugs or food or sex or those different, you know, X, Y, Z, that condition of addiction can actually be resolved permanently. We don't have to live with it for the rest of our lives. So that's what I mean by healing. Oh, so like, like the craving will stop. It all goes. Yeah. It can sound almost, it all goes away. And this is something that I experienced just, um, how do I say, it wasn't what I expected to have happen, but I, this was a fringe benefit or a side effect of me resolving my other chronic health conditions and autoimmune disorders, my addiction Mm -hmm. resolved too. And in that experience, I realized they're all coming from the exact same place. So whether, yeah. So whether we have chronic pain or migraines or depression or addiction or fibromyalgia or let's say Hashimoto's or MS, Mm -hmm. these are all conditions that are coming from the same place and they're coming from the same place 
in the same root cause in our bodies. And when we get to that same root cause, they chronic conditions can be resolved, including addiction. And I just want people to know that because I know how defeating it was to think, wow, I am an addict and I'm going to be this for the rest of my life. I'm going to have to repent for the rest of my life. And I'm always going to be having to watch myself and on edge and managing this for the rest of my life. Wow. Yeah. Because, you know, you know a little bit of my history and um, I'm in a 12 step recovery program. And, they, you know, they tell us that it's always going to be with us, right, yes. uh, for the always. rest of our lives. And so I guess when we lapse back to those old behaviors uh, or, or the, the old thinking patterns, mm-hmm. right, um, is was that part of the, um, the lapse, if you will? I mean, how, how do you stop those things from happening? Or, so- or, or are they just something we just got to just live with? That's a really good question. So this is from my experience, but what happens, and there's a, the science behind this, just for the listeners out there, maybe I'll actually back it up. I might ask, kind of give some information into first, how does it, why do we get an addiction problem? I mean, it's not actually the substance. It's actually something about us. And why are we getting these conditions? And then I'll share with you when we resolve them, we don't have those thoughts anymore. They don't. Wow they go away. So if it's okay, what I'll first share with the audience and the listeners is it's not our genetics. It's okay. not our the trauma that has happened to us in our past. It's not our parents. And these are things that I was told, this is why I had my addiction, or this is why I had my autoimmune conditions. And I found that that's actually not where they're coming from. That if you're out there and you have an addiction, or you have another kind of chronic health condition or a mental health condition, we're all the same kind of people. We're like the same fabric of person. And we're people that were born into this world, not well wired to handle life. So when life stressors came, we did not handle them well, be it siblings being born, moving, divorce, uh, heartbreaks, you know, disappointments, loss of loved ones. We mm-hmm. did not handle life well. And instead, what we did is we suppressed the emotional experience of it inside our bodies. Um, and our, it's our inability to know how to do life that mm-hmm. then caused the, the body to move into a state of disrepair um, in the sympathetic nervous system. We're all people that started living in a full-time fight or flight experience, a dysregulation. Wow. And I know, I mean, I remember what it felt like to be me when I had my addiction issues and my other health issues. It was like I was going all the time. My mind was racing Mm -hmm. all the time because we're people that just aren't taught how to do life. And so our the the actual like chemical imbalance of addiction happens in that dysregulation. Mm -hmm. And so. I was taught in my teachings and in my in my own personal life that the solution for my addiction was to take away the the pro, take away the substance okay. and take away this. So I, you know, for me that was alcohol. So I, you know, abstained from alcohol. Mm-hmm. For those of us who who are sober in recovery, we do we all know that you can take away the substance, but the emotional piece remains. And it's actually how we feel on the inside and that suppressed emotional experience that we've been growing and building our whole lives, feeling really bad about ourselves. 
That's where addiction is actually coming from. Wow. Okay. That, that we say dysregulation, that nervous system. Yes. Um, and that ties to our, our, our feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right because drugs, gambling, you know, pornography, those all are just symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. And when you do the 12 steps, you actually begin to uncover some of those things you're, you're talking about. And, and I like to say is that I'm really, even though I'm 56 years old, I'm really growing up mm-hmm. all over again because oh, I'm good. learning how to deal with my feelings. Yeah. And, um, and that's the thing about this. And so I'm, I'm glad you shared about that because it's making a whole lot of sense to me. You know, per, you know, I come from like your kind of background, too. And they've been told us all these things, which I, I do believe. And I also believe what you're saying, too. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you begin? Because, OK, you take the drugs away, you take the gambling, take any other thing away. Now you deal with all these feelings. Yes. How do you learn how to heal in the area of those feelings that you talk about? We suppress since we was in the youth. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because you nailed it. We've all had this experience. If you've gone into recovery, you take the substance away, and then it, that's really great and very life saving for most of us. But then all of a sudden, we're almost overwhelmed and burdened by this flood of feeling and emotion that we were trying to numb out and suppress for all of those years or all of those months. And so for me, just kind of anecdotally, I found for myself, well, I would stop drinking, but then what would I do? I still had that compulsive, addictive brain dysregulation. Well, I would move it into something else. Like I would become a kind of a workout fanatic. Or I remember in college, I found myself compulsively shoplifting uh, Mm -hmm. after I stopped drinking. And I could just say, wow, I remember thinking someone needs to study me. Like scientifically, there is something really wrong with me. In -hmm. addition to all of that emotional, uh, built up emotional turmoil. And so what I like to share with people is we first have to realize the problem is, is that we didn't didn't realize it, but we've been living our life as we, I like to say victims. Mm. And that's a good word. And a victim mentality is actually a very disempowering place to be. And unfortunately, a lot of the, even the teachings that I was taught as a therapist fall into that victim mentality, meaning that someone else or something else is to blame for <laughs> my experience of myself. And for so many years when I still had my addictions, I pointed the finger out uh, towards my dad. He was a really easy scapegoat or my parents or things that happened in my childhood as the reason why. And unfortunately, when we're victims, we can't heal because we put the power of healing in the hands of others and things. A lot of stuff, things in the past that can never change. So, you know, and then that that's disempowering. We can't heal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and you're talking about the manifest manifestation of it, how it goes on to different areas, right? Yes. Um, you know, you can go on to, to binge watching Netflix. Exactly. Uh, pornography. Sugar. So you're saying that's because our brain's been been wired for that, right? Mm-hmm. And exactly. so, so now, because I even seen something, you know, um, following some gal on uh, Twitter, he was talking about 
dopamine. You need a dopamine detox. That's what he was telling about us. At. He said, we just so used to getting a charge. Yeah. Sometimes you're looking for some type of charge, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. That That's, that's good. So, yeah. so we, we learning how to deal. And I, and I agree with you because I'm sitting here listening to you. And when you said a victim mentality, I'm sitting here, I'm just, I'm guilty. Oh, good for you. I'm, I'm just guilty. I'm sitting there like yeah. she's talking about me because he because yeah. I'm always looking for something outside of me to blame my wife, my children, yes. the circumstance. But now, as I look at it, I, no, I you just said it when you started off. We haven't learned how to deal with life in a healthy way. Yep, we haven't learned how. You got it, Vernon. Thank you. Good for you two to admit. Like, I'm Josie Warren too. I'm a victim. We're right. all living as victims out there. And if we think you're hearing this and you're saying absolutely not, that is not me. Then no, right. that's a that's a crystal clear sign. It's you too. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's me. And the thing I think is what what really got me because you know I talk about I write and I do all this, but every to really just reflect and say, okay, V. You're a victim, man. Get about that victim mentality. And here's the thing about it. Okay. I, I suffer from mental, I call it the disease of addiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. A disorder in my brain that mm-hmm. I'm looking outside to, to, to blame the victim mentality. Right. But here's the sad part. That same thinking have me thinking the solution to my problem is also outside. Perfect. Yep. Of me. Right. So now I'm stuck in this cycle. And that's mm-hmm. what I love about the 12 step program. I was just sharing this with my pastor. It teaches us to look inside. What's your what's your um process of healing? Is is it part of looking at yourself and dealing with yourself? It's the pro for me, the process of healing is all looking at ourselves. It's a hundred percent looking at me and actually finally working on myself and my emotional state and learning how to be a grown-up adult out in life. Okay. Okay. Really learning for us how to be a grown-up adult because the reason our body has gone into the state of disrepair and our brain chemistry has gone into the state of dysregulation is because we are emotionally not handling our life well. Uh, We're we haven't realized it, but we're like we're adults, but we have a grown-up child that lives inside of us. That's throwing mm-hmm. temper tantrums that wants to do what it wants to do when we want to do it. We don't want anyone <laughs> telling us what to do. Right. And it's 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 very humbling, but especially those of us who've had addiction, we're typically very rebellious people by nature. So of course yes. we've lived our life as grown-up children, that very rebellious place. And that doesn't go away, like for myself when I stop drinking. Mm-hmm. It's that that needs to heal so that. I can learn how to handle my life in a new and healthy way. And my yeah. body will pick up on that and then internally begin to heal and self-repair as well. Um, wow. it's, a, it's a journey going from that sympathetic nervous system state to what we call parasympathetic nervous system. And we need to make that journey. But the bridge is learning how to be a grown-up adult. And I, and that's what I teach Basically, that's okay. what I teach my students, uh, and it's it's called parenting yourself. Okay, okay. Um, when I when I did step four, right, we you know we take a searching moral inventory of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. 
and other, you know, recovering addicts told me, they said, look, you're going to meet somebody. Okay. They say, get to know them, hug them, shake their hand, cuddle them. Right. And I, I ain't have a clue what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. So I do the internal work and come to find out there was a lost, wounded child inside of me. Mm. Looking for comfort, right? And so you were talking about that adult child, right? And, and so give us some of the tools, like say for like, because sometimes I can go from, even to this day, I can get honest with you. I can go from zero to a hundred real fast. Yeah. With just anger, right? And I've learned how to regulate. Give us some type of tools that we can use on the spot. Say if a person got anger issues, because like you said, we we react. I'm learning that a lot about me too. I'm I'm real impulsive. Yeah. I react more than I stop and think. And I'm really learning how to do that. What's some of the tools that you teach your students? That's a great question. I think first it's to understand, and you're not alone, Vernon. I, I relate to that. Those of us who have had addiction or even chronic health conditions, again, mm. we're all, we have a lot of what I call emotional turmoil on the inside okay. of us, kind of like a a little tornado that's always going that gets extra stirred up when things don't go our way or life happens that we don't expect. And the problem is whether I'm drinking or not, whether I'm, you know, sober or not, that turmoil is still there. So in order to fully heal from my experience, I had to resolve that inner turmoil. Why did I feel so at unease and bad about myself and beating myself up on, on edge and angry all the time. I wanted to think it was my background and my parents Mm -hmm. and the things I'd gone through. But the truth is why we feel that way is actually because of us. It's because of us and the choices we're making every day that have become habitual, that have degraded ourselves and make us feel really bad about ourselves. It's because there are things we need to do, right? And we don't do them. And we think, who cares? No one notices. I mean, even very small, minute things. Like I was someone who never flossed my teeth and I never made my bed. And my apartment and my home was always pretty much a mess. But if no one came in and saw it, I thought I didn't matter. Or I'm someone who had a really messy car. And if you, if you, if people said they wanted to ride, I would, I would come up with some excuse why they couldn't ride in my car. Cause there was like magazines and shoes and probably uh, lunch from the day before and all these things. Right. All these things make me feel really bad about myself or being someone who speeds or someone who never would hold true to any of my New Year's resolutions. You know, it always be letting myself down time and time again for the promises we've made to ourselves. We're mm. people who have not parented ourselves. We haven't been good parents to ourselves. And so what's happened is it's caused us to feel really bad on the inside, kind of like a child that has parents who don't love or care for them. And so what I teach my students and I do do it like a, what I focus on is chronic illness. Although I have, you know, addiction is something that has been resolved with people that I work with like myself um, because they sometimes go hand in hand. Um, But what we, what I teach my students is we need to learn how to parent ourselves, which is I need to learn to do the things I know I need to do. Okay. especially when I don't want to do them. That's why we lose, lose it at the, you know, the person at the drive through or the person who cuts us off or when we get that letter from the government that we weren't expecting or when 
something happens mm-hmm. with our boss, it's because we don't feel good about ourselves because of the choices we're making and how we're treating ourselves. Wow. Wow. Reason I say that, right? Mm-hmm. And recovery. Okay. It actually, you know, it talks about self-acceptance, right? We, we have an IP called self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And it actually says the problem. That's it, you know, it says the problem. And the pro and it reads just like this. The problem is you haven't accepted yourself on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's what it's saying. You haven't accepted yourself. And I'm sitting here listening to you, right? And I'm just, and that's why I keep saying, wow, wow, because I'm experiencing that. I'm exper- I'm actually writing on things like, you know, mm-hmm. things um, that lower your self-esteem. Okay. Yes. Oh, and I put yeah. that, I put that down. I wrote down not doing what you want to do. And it's, it's real subtle. Well, I mean, it could be something like, I want to wash my car. I tell myself, I'm going to wash my car today. That's and if I family. don't do it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's real subtle, but I don't, you know, there you go again. You didn't take care, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Got that it. Has a, and, but by the same token, by the same token, when I do things and take care of it, it makes me feel good. Yes. It builds my self-esteem up. Yes. Yeah. You've yeah. Got, Vernon, you, that's it. But that is parenting and it, I call it a mighty yet incredibly powerful tool because yeah. I like to look at us like a, like a statue, right? Like okay. imagine we're a marble statue and every time we don't do something that we know we need to do, or we told we, ourselves we would, that would be good for us. It's mm-hmm. like, we just take a chip away and we chip away oh. and we think it doesn't right. matter. Right? Like I've been the same. Oh, who cares? Washing my car. I'll do it two days from now. Or, Oh, you know, pick uh, taking out the trash. I'll do it tomorrow. Every time we don't do something that we know we need to do, and yeah. we just we put we're we're putting ourselves off, we're putting ourselves last, and that makes right. us feel really bad and 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 beat ourselves up and have that inner turmoil that actually keeps our body stuck in that fight or flight sympathetic state. So yeah. when I start to learn to parent myself and do the things I know I need to do especially when I don't want to do them as a way of caring for myself and making myself important, just Mm -hmm. like you shared almost like magic. I start to feel really good about myself and all of that old inner turmoil that we've been carrying around since we were children starts to naturally just dissolve and go away. And this is going to sound a little far-fetched, but this is actually how I teach it to my students. Okay. Think of it like we, we're not we don't want to hit the big the big guns first. Like I'm not going to say I'm going to stop smoking <laughs> tomorrow. I'm going to hit that one first or I'm going to lose 20 pounds. We don't have any muscle for parenting ourselves. Those of us who have had addiction issues. So we need to start mm-hmm. small to build a foundation. So what I actually recommend for people is to pick something manageable and doable, something very small that you can you can do to build your confidence and build your skill in parenting that will then roll into the bigger things. Um, so this the way I learned it, it was doing this is going to sound, but it's uh, the toasters under or the, excuse me, the crumbs under my toaster. Mm-hmm. Every day I would wipe around my toaster 
and I would have, you know, eat bread and things. And there'd be this whole mess of crumbs on my counter, but they were hidden by the toaster. Right. I would just wipe around it. Right. No one notices. No one sees who cares. It was making me feel kind of bad about myself, but I, who, you know, that's not a big mm-hmm. deal. I've got bigger fish to fry in my life. One day I moved the toaster to the side and I, and I wiped the crumbs away and it felt really good. Yeah. And I said, wow, I did that one thing that I knew I needed to do. I just didn't. And I didn't never did it before. And every day after that, I practiced that one small act of the crumbs under the toaster and it yeah. had a magical effect. Suddenly. I felt so good about myself. I felt inspired to do other things in my life that I hadn't done. Um, bigger okay. things that moved into things more like my finances um, or things like my eating or how I took care of myself in general. So for the listeners out there, you actually want to start smaller mm-hmm. so that you can set yourself up for success and do it for a week or two and build off of that. Build yeah. off of that and know that you're going to throw a ton of temper tantrums. Whether that's making your bed, whether that's flossing your teeth, whether that is, you know, not mm-hmm. feeding uh, or putting your dishes away every night. Do something like that to build the muscle to then work into the bigger things. And when you feel good about yourself, your inner turmoil goes away. Your body recognizes that you're no longer in a fight or flight state. It exits okay. the sympathetic nervous system, moves into the parasympathetic nervous system. Where the bot we're we are born in, and the body okay. naturally heals, brain chemistry re-regulates, and we're able to resolve and fully heal from you know mental health conditions, uh, chronic conditions like addiction or like the autoimmune disorders that I commonly work with. Wow, wow! And then I'll start with taking care, parenting yourself, yeah. as you said, parenting yeah. yourself, taking care of yourself, and that can't happen. I thought that that meant like if if I looked the part, I was the part. I thought, well, if I just, you know, if I stop drinking and maybe I work out a lot and I get new friends, those are important. Those are great things. But I wasn't mm-hmm. changing myself and how I felt about myself on the inside. I was still had that anger and that turmoil because I didn't know how to parent and care for myself. When you learn yeah. how to care for yourself. That goes away, and then we're not white knuckling it for the rest of our lives. Then we can go just be normal, healthy people. Right. Was that with with parenting? You said will that help with the people who suffer from shame, the things that they okay. they have done? Does how 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 can we help them? The people, mm-hmm. basically, the people that haven't that find it real hard to forgive themselves. Yeah, that that's a great question. And I understand that, Vernon, because I, like all of us who've had addiction in the past, you know, carry mm-hmm. those big old, you know, potato, potato sacks or flour sacks full of shame that on my back, like we all do, and thought right. the rest of my life sober was going to be me making up for all the terrible things I did when I was using. But here's what I found. The shame is coming from us not parenting ourselves. The shame is coming from me feeling really bad about myself and then making choices in my life that reinforce how bad I feel about myself. That's where the shame is coming from. That's (laughs) that's our shame. We're causing our shame, everyone. So, and what happens is that shame, because we're making habitual, unhealthy choices, 
and maybe they're not addiction anymore, but they're, you know, eating way too much sugar or blowing my finances or doing different things. Well, that is causing the neural pathways in my brain to be activated for that shame that I'm a bad person. No one will love me. I'm unworthy. I'm dirty. I'm dark. I've got too much baggage. All the things that we tell ourselves. So all we have to do is we have to learn to feel good about ourselves. And we do. And I teach doing that through parenting. Again, which is starting to take care of myself, doing what I know I need to do. Even though I don't want to do it, it makes me feel really good about myself. And it makes me feel proud and competent. And like I'm, and reminds me that I'm actually, and teaches me I'm a good person. And I'm good in my heart. And that grows and builds. And then suddenly the old neural pathways of shame that we were lighting up and activating 24-7 with our Mm -hmm. poor choices die out. The new neural pathways of I'm capable, I care about myself, I value who I am, I have self-worth, those start to become the dominant neural pathway. And just like that, all that old shame goes away. We don't have to go in the past. You don't have to like make up to your parents or have your mom apologize. This is me for all okay. the, you know, for what she did or did do. Right. We can heal ourselves. By wow. Taking care That's of ourselves. Just by taking care of ourselves. Right? Yeah. You say, and basically our brain can heal itself. Our brain. Yes. And that's my big message. Our brains can heal ourselves, can heal themselves because addiction wow. is, a, is an imbalance of the brain chemistry. That yeah. unfortunately doesn't resolve once the substance is taken away. That's just kind of who we get wired to be. And so in okay. order to not, like I had to learn this, many of us have, instead of finding ourselves in other arenas with the same addictive compulsive tendencies, heal ourselves, mm-hmm. heal our brain chemistry, equaling going back to being just a normal, healthy person and you never have to be in a addiction isn't like to me it's not even a thing i even think about anymore like i don't consider myself a former addict really okay because it's just not even i don't worry when i go to a bar um mm-hmm. you know, i don't i'm not scared when i have i just went to a party recently you know i had one drink and everybody else was drinking pretty heavy okay wasn't even a thing and i know that one day when i have kids i don't even worry about them knowing that side of me or me relapsing or them getting it too, because I know how to handle life and myself now and take and feel good about myself. Okay, great. That, that That's, that's totally awesome. That is to I'm sitting here trying to think of something. I mean, you pretty, you pretty summed it up, you know? Um, so, so like I say, if you, you're saying that even if you do have those mental laps, okay. Mm-hmm. That, um, it can what 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 actually do you do when you start beginning? Let's say that self-loathing, self-pity, mm-hmm. those type of things. So because those type of things, because you like you say, our brain been wired so much like that. So much. What 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 do people do when they have those self-pity moments? Well, I think first, I think first I have to identify. Okay, like this is the place I'm in, and I have to realize that the missing piece is been me that the reason i'm feeling so self-loathing and feeling so bad about myself it's okay but it's just me and it's the choices that i've made and i can make different choices and learn to to 
to care about myself and I have to want more for myself. Like that's what my experience, I had to get to this place where I, you know, might call it rock bottom, but I hit such a rock bottom in my health that I had to Mm -hmm. say, I can't do this anymore. I need to do something different. And I have to realize the way I'm, the reason I'm feeling so sad and, and all these things is just me not parenting myself. It's okay. nothing's wrong with us. People who have addiction, mm-hmm. the same thing has happened to us as someone who might have anxiety or someone okay. who might have depression or someone who might have chronic pain or rheumatoid arthritis. We, our bodies just happen to manifest our turmoil and inability to handle life through addiction. So we got to take the shame off of it. We're, we all have, we're just a person with a chronic health condition because we're not, we've never learned how to care for ourselves and feel good about ourselves and handling life. And wow. when you look at it just like that and not like, oh, I'm such a piece of this and I can't believe mm-hmm. I never get it right. I never, we just need to learn how to do life. And that's why we got to start really small, Vernon, because addictive people like myself, we like to go big. We don't want to make right. the big changes. I want to right start now. With the big right now. Yeah, I want to do the big. And yes, those big changes are important, but we need to start with little small things. We yeah. feel so bad because we've been biting off things that we can't chew yet. We got to start small and build our confidence and our capability in doing life and feeling good about ourselves. And then yeah. in, in no time, we'll move to the big things. Right. And then right. shame. Oh. Shame's just like it just disappears. Like it was, you don't even won't even remember it was there. Yeah. Right. I like how you're saying doing life because they actually we we talk about that in recovery. Say we say addicts have a problem with life on life terms. Yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> correct. Said life, life when it comes one way. You know, it's yeah. it's real. It's reality. It's wow. good. Yep. It's been a pleasure. I'm talking, but this was loaded. I really appreciate it. How do some of my listeners get in contact with you? Yeah. So I would love, I love to hear from people. And I know what I share is outside of the norm, even countercultural to some. So I love hearing people's questions, insights, if they want to learn more. Um, Mm -hmm. So they can contact me at my email. Uh, It's Josie at the Hashimoto's fix.com. And I will, I will send that over to you. It's T H E. H-A-S-H-I-M-O-T-O-S-F-I-X.com. Okay. And that's also my website, the Hashimoto's Fix. So just kind of so everyone out there knows, I work with um, autoimmune conditions like Hashimoto's and mm-hmm. chronic health conditions. Um, and I see addiction as a chronic health condition. So please okay. know that if you have addiction, again, I categorize as the same thing as a, any kind of chronic health condition. You can heal, you can self-repair, and the way to heal is the same. Um, and I'm happy to work with with people with that, um, although my focus um, is autoimmune conditions. Good deal. Like I said, it's been a pleasure. Um, I got a lot of, out of it. I know the listeners have got a lot out of it. We have to make sure, because um, I can I can sense, you You know, there's a lot more you, you have. And, um, so I would like to bring <laughs> it back. Oh um, man, I come on your, your you have a podcast. I come on yours, and we just just stay in touch, and uh, like and that. we just keep building and sharing our experience, strength, and hope. I appreciate you, and thank, thank you, you coming on coming on that Christian recovery, Joseph. I appreciate you. Thank you, Vernon. Appreciate it. All right, till next time. <laughs>